Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So good. Happy Father's Day to all the dads here and to all the dads watching online this morning or who will be listening on the podcast at a different time. We pray that you have a blessed day and that you just be encouraged in Jesus' name. So it's great to be here at church this morning. Um, as mentioned, my name's uh, Nat, uh, one of the pastors here um, at Celebration Church. And uh, I, I love this church. I really do. I love being a part of this church family. I've, I've, I've been here all my life. Uh, Ryan, you can come up. It's so good. You don't have to feel weird. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I feel, I feel blessed to be a part of this amazing church family, to have uh, our amazing senior pastors, um, Pastor Benaira and Charlie, who are actually on, on some leave at the moment. So we pray that they are refreshed in their time off, that they come back full of uh, vision and purpose for where our church is headed in this next season. Um, but this morning... Uh, this morning, it's such an honour to be able to, to share on, on Father's Day. Um, what we're going to do in a moment, I've, I've asked Ryan to, to sing a, a song this morning. Um, the, the title of, of this um, song is called The Father's House, and the, the sermon title this morning is called In My Father's House. So I thought, why not start with a song? I was actually going to start and, and sing it myself, but I thought that's weird. Um, it's, it's very much, it's, Ke- my wife Karen said it's very much like you to do that. And I was like, I might as well just do three or four songs then. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, as much as uh, I feel that for me, uh, where words fail me, uh, songs say so much more than what I uh, can, can say. Does anyone like kind of feel like that? You know, you, you want to articulate things. You just like I don't know. I don't know how to find the words to say that. But when I sing, I feel that, um, and especially when I worship God, I feel that I have that closeness with God. That His heart comes through uh, and helps me sound much more articulate than what I can, uh, what I am normally. So, so I'll just get the guys to Ryan to uh, lead us uh, sing this song. Uh, the words will be on the screen, I, I hope, yeah. The words, will they be on the screen? If not, that's, that is, I see them on that. We'll have them on the screen as well. Let the words minister to your heart this morning. Amen. Thanks, guys. Lord, we just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that right here, right now, we're in the Father's house. Lord, that you don't need perfect people. You just want willing people with hearts after you. So come and speak to us this morning. Come and speak to us this morning. 
come and speak to us this morning. Lord, that we be changed. Because when we're in your presence, we always walk away changed. We thank you that you love us so much. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just give the guys a round of applause. Thank them for that. You know what? I love being a dad. It is one of the most rewarding things in the world. And if you're a dad here, I'm sure that you agree with me. It's such You never know how much you can love until you have a child. You never know. And then when you have the second child, you go, I don't know how I'm going to love this one just as much as I love the first one, and then you just somehow do. And um, Kez, my wife over here, um, she's pregnant, so we're expecting our third. <laughs> what did, did you say? You're, you're t- today is the third trimester, you said? Yeah, today's the third trimester. So, um, so at the end of November, early December, we'll expect our third. We know the gender, but we're not revealing yet. Not revealing yet. Not revealing yet. Soon. Watch this space. Which space is that you say? Just watch any space you feel like but until you hear the news. Um, can we have that, that Father's Day, Happy Father's Day slide back up? Because Benny Green's not here, but he said to me, don't you reckon it looks like a little bit like Mark Maharab? And then as I was sitting there next to, to um, my wife, Karen, she said, well, it does. And he, he looks like he's going to have very cute kids. And I'm like, how, do you, how can you tell that? So, so, Mark, and hi to Mark's family. It's great to see you all. Welcome today. <laughs> can I tell you this? He is such a blessing to us here. We, we love Mark. Um, and, and he plays basketball all right, too. Um, Speaking about sore shoulders, that's what I feel. No, I don't feel like that every week after the game. No. <laughs> All my teammates are like, we don't like you right now. Um, but so if you're single here and, and looking for some, Mark is the guy. Um, so that's in. And I'm pretty sure, sorry, I'm going off track a bit here. I just like having fun a little bit. I'm pretty sure that when Libby was talking about bring more um, men along to uh, um, Band of Brothers, that she's saying that we need more guys here in the church for the girls to, to choose from. So, so hear the call, hear the call, bring more guys along. Um, <laughs> get back on track, get back on track. So, so, but just speaking about my family, yes, we've, um, in a few weeks' time on the 18th, of this month, Karen and I will be celebrating 10 years of marriage, 10 years of marriage. And how amazing that we we got married on the Thorpe Farm 10 years ago. How crazy is that, that that was, that's 10 years ago. That goes so quick. 
But uh, but Karen and I, we are so blessed to have um, our our um, two daughters and another child on the way. I tell you what, that when Pastor Benoit was last year, you know, every every service, I was so nervous. Um, I knew what the the child the gender was, but I, I was nervous, and I was thinking, he's just going to blow it every week. He's going to blow it, and. So I can't remember any service last year what he spoke about because I was just so worried about him revealing the gender. <laughs> but, um, but being a dad, I, I love that, you know, being a father, as I said before, it's, it's one of the greatest things that you can, can um, be in the world. And, and I love that in my home, you know, there are many things that we do. I think one of the favorite things that my two girls love to do and having daughters, which is so weird, they love to fight. Me, they love to wrestle. They love to just, every time when, we, when they pick me up from work, they're like, Daddy, can we fight? And then, and then I don't know if they're, they're trying to prepare me for their teenage years so that we have, but, um, but then also... Then they'll yell out during the middle of the fight, kill daddy. I don't know why they, where they got this from, but they love to fight. They love to play. Um, they love to fight each other, or, you know, but not so nice. But then all of a sudden they're playing together the next minute. Children, they just, they're, they go like this. And, but so this morning as I, as I speak about, uh, in, as I said before, in my father's house, I wanted to kind of, for us to think about through these filters, this filter today, that firstly, we are children of God, amen? Yeah, you're a child of God. So, think of all these points this morning as the Father towards you, His heart towards you. Because I know that when, when I look at my girls, I went through these points with, with my eldest daughter, Addie, she's six, and I'm like, do you feel like, do you feel the, uh, you hear these points in a moment? Like, but do you feel this when you're in, in our home? She's like, yep. She would like be, hit the table like, that was her answer for yes. Yes. Tick that off. Yep. Yep, that's right. You, we, we do feel loved or, you know, whatever it is. But the other one is that uh, when we, as I speak and share through these points, that is this how your home is? So that when people come over to your house, they feel this. Also, as spiritual parents, and I just want to encourage us and to also challenge us here that, you know, if for those of us who, who might be, yeah, I say us, I'm including myself in um, the older generation, um, those of us who are older, uh, that, hey, that we have this awesome privilege of being spiritual parents to the next generation and you know what? You don't actually have to be that old because when I was in um, youth ministry, I would often get called Papa Nat. That was, uh, that's what uh, they would call me, Papa Nat. But, and I, I love youth ministry because as a youth leader, you are basically, you're, you're parenting, you're, you're raising these, these children in the, in the ways of God. And it's such an honor. And, and I think that we should always do that no matter what stage of life that we're in, that we've always got people in and around our world, that we're in empowering, that we're encouraging, that we're discipling. So, 
the scripture for this morning. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 2, and it will appear on the screen. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going... What? Am I... Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Sorry, I was just, I'll read that again because I got lost. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. I love that. My Father's house has many rooms. When I think about the Father's house, I think about a proximity, a closeness, a nearness to God. I think of dwelling with God. I think of abiding with God. So this morning as I, as I speak and as I share that in the Father's house, I'm talking about that nearness, that closeness with God. Even as I was preparing this week, I, and as I mentioned earlier, that sometimes I just find it hard how to articulate what's in my heart. So I came out here yesterday morning and I just um, played the um, piano for a little bit and just worshipped until I could get in my heart, to my brain, so then I can kind of write some points out. That's how, for me, that's how it works, because I can't just do it the other way around and go, well, I know all these thoughts, and then maybe I'll just now connect my heart to this. No, for me, a lot of what I do is I get out of that place of worship. And so, you know, just a quick encouragement, worship God. Every, every moment that you get, take time to worship God. So point number one this morning, in my Father's house, I know I am loved. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, got the scripture on the screen, 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I love that. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. In my Father's house, I know I am loved. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that you're loved? When you spend time with God, do you know that you're loved? Or do you struggle with that? If you struggle with it, just spend time with God. Spend time with Him. The more that you spend time with Him, the more that you'll start to understand and and know that He loves you. In your home, in your house, when people come over or if you have children or you have a spouse, do they know that they are loved? Do they know that you love them? When visitors come over, do they encounter love? Do they encounter the love of God in you? How's your home doing? As spiritual parents, as disciples... When others spend time with you, when you're discipling others, do they walk away feeling loved? These are good questions to ask ourselves because in my Father's house, I know I'm loved. And we are called to reflect the heart of the Father, amen? We're called to be reflections of the Father. Number two, in my Father's house, I find rest. Psalm 62, verse 1. 
Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. I'll read that again. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Rest. If you're struggling with rest, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling weary, come to God. Draw near to God. Because in my Father's house, I find rest. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to get to that place. Because sometimes I'm stubborn. I'm not looking at Karen right now because she'll probably say sometimes. Maybe a little bit more than that. But who, who can kind of, uh, you know, under, has that kind of feeling as well that sometimes, yeah, I know I need to rest, but I don't as much as I should. Yeah. Let's be, let's be good at resting in God. Resting isn't like not doing anything at all and just sitting around, lazing around all the time. No, rest. And it talks about in Hebrews 4 about the, the Sabbath rest. How's, how's your Sabbath rest going? Are you spending that, or are you spending every one of your days just doing stuff, just being busy? Prioritize rest. Because I know that when, at my home, with, with my girls, they know that they can rest. They know that they can have rest. They don't have to be busy all the time. Although as children, they like to be busy, especially the youngest one. She likes to draw on our walls. Um, draw on our fridge, uh, draw on our, on our um, doona blanket, um, draw on our uh, what you, coffee table, whatever. She can draw on, she'll draw on it, draw on herself, um, she'll draw on it. But she can find everyone here who doesn't have kids is like, oh my goodness, what do we do? Are all kids that they draw? Yes, they do. Um, it's all good. It's all good. Just buy cheap stuff and then wait till they move out. Um. <laughs> or have a lockable place where they can't get to and then every year that they grow, may put the handle a little bit higher. Um, but being in my house, being short, they'll probably get taller than me, so I have to be smarter. When people come over and spend time with you, do they, have, do, they, do they sense rest, that they can just rest? They don't have to try and... When people come over, they don't have to serve you. They don't have to do anything for you. They can just rest. Is your home a place of rest for the visitor, for the neighbour, for your family? And likewise, when you're discipling others... Do people find rest when they when they spend time with you? When you when you share the word of God or you're just giving wisdom or insight into how to navigate life. I think about that, you know, becoming becoming a parent or or um or even before uh getting married, you know that in growing up I didn't have many people kind of uh, wanting to mentor us in that area so I just learnt as we go but at the same time so many people have their own thoughts or opinions around marriage or children and I my advice is like you know especially with children it's like do what works for you 
you, you journey through that. It, I can tell you what may work, but it may not work for you. You've got to learn, learn to journey that as well. But there are things that we can, when you share as a, as a disciple or, or a mentor, as a spiritual parent, are you telling people just your thoughts or opinion, or are you sharing the wisdom of God in that? Or when you speak, you go, you can take it, but you've got to then learn that yourself. You think, does that work for you, or does that feel right? So it's not about, as a parent, my job is not to always tell, like, you know, right now as with my girls, I need to tell them, do not touch the stove. It's hot. But I don't need to tell them that when they're older, hopefully. Because there's, like, nervous laughter here. Like, some parents, like, I should have told my child they still touched the stove. They were 18, and they still touched it. But that when... Yeah, I don't need to say that when they're older because they, they, they learn to make the decisions themselves. And probably as a parent, and I'm, I'm not there yet because my girls are still young, but when, when the, the kids get older, the more you're gonna, you trust in God, the more you trust God for God leading them on their journey, that they learn to make their decisions. They may make mistakes. They may get hurt, but that God is in control of their life. Point number three this morning. In my father's house, I have peace. And often when I don't have peace, like before, the stubborn me will try and do other things. And then when I sit in the presence of God, I'm like, why didn't I come here earlier? Everything feels so much clearer now. I feel like I have that, that peace, that peace of mind. When it comes to making decisions... Or even when it comes to preparing for, for a word like this morning. And then when, yesterday when I came out and then just worshipped for a bit, I'm like, duh. It's so simple. I'll just worship and then God will help me uh, put out what's in my heart. In my Father's house I have peace. Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'll read that again, because we know this scripture, but do we know it? Is this our reality? Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Do not be anxious about anything. We always get so anxious about the little things, but the Word of God says anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Do you know the peace of God? Do you know the peace of God? Or do you know it because you, you've heard it read? Or but do you actually know it? Do you know it here or do you know it here? Because when you're in the Father's house, you begin to learn and know what the peace of God is here. When people come over to your home, do they feel the peace of God? Or is there feels chaotic and, and everything, you know, like it feels like a bit stressed out. You know, have you ever been over to people's houses and you're like, oh my goodness, this, it's not 
Like, it's one thing to have kids running around going crazy. I'm not talking about that because sometimes I, f- I love that. I love that because having the kids enjoying home and just having fun, I love that. But have you ever been over to someone's house and you're like, I just don't feel peace here. There's something about it or, or they're, they're going through something. Or, but are, are our homes oh, houses of peace? When you disciple others, do people sense the peace of God on your life? And how do you do that? It's just simply by spending time with God. That's all it is. There's no, there's no real, you know, any kind of formula that's complex. It's just spending time with God. And then you, you learn on there that it says with prayer and then with thanksgiving. Then the peace of God will come. How, how are we going with our thankfulness? Or are we dwelling on the things that are going wrong? Or are we flipping that around and going, God, I thank you that even though things are, uh, are quite challenging at the moment, I thank you that you've got it all under control. I hand all over my anxiety to you. I hand over all my you know, fears to you. And Lord, let your peace just rest on me now. Point number four. In my father's house, I know who I am. Have you ever, you know, just gone through life and you're like, kind of forget who you are and what God has called you to, or you just kind of have that lack of purpose or identity, or you just kind of forget a little bit. But then when I go and spend time with God in my father's house, he reminds me who I am. If you're struggling with identity this morning, go to my father's house. Go to your father's house. Spend time with him. Let him speak to you. Sometimes we're going to be still enough, quiet enough. We've got to stop moving, stop doing, for let to allow God to show us who we are in him. Do you know that God, he's, He is more excited to spend time with you than what you realize? He's ready to spend time with you. Often we, we busy ourselves up or we allow the things in our lives to get in the way to spend time with Him. But I want to encourage us this morning, hey, if you're struggling with knowing who you are, go to the Father's house. Go to the Father's house. In your home, do you speak over your family who they are called to be? One of my favorite things to do each night, besides playing, we, we have this game called that Addy uh, affectionately names Keepy Uppy Tennis. Keepy Uppy Tennis. It's just a balloon. It started off as big, but it's slowly um, shrunk. But we still play with it, and we've just got to hit it over the lounge. Um, and so we play that. And then after that, I've got, to, I've got to carry her to her bedroom to get her heat pack, then to carry her out to the kitchen to put the heat pack on in the microwave, and then to carry her back into the room. Yes, um, it's very extravagant. Um, she's got this whole routine. And then I get to pray over her 
and Zoe. And I pray each night that God would, while they sleep, show them who they are. That his presence would just rest upon them. That the love and kindness of God would just saturate them and the peace of God would fill their hearts. I love that I get to declare who they are. Do you do that? Over, over each other as spouses. Sometimes, it, you know, if it's awkward, the more you do it, the less awkward it becomes. That when people come over your house, as, you know, when you disciple people or as spiritual parents, are you speaking identity over those you meet? I, I love Pastor James and Pastor Annie. Our senior pastors before, uh, Pastor Benoit and Charlie took over. Pastor Benoit and Pastor Annie, that spiritual parents, Pastor Benoit, Pastor James and Pastor Annie, sorry. Lucky I was looking at you because you gave me the weird looking up. Oh, that's right, yeah, Pastor James and Pastor Annie. Sorry, online as well. Um, Pastor James and Pastor Annie would speak life and identity over, over us. They weren't afraid to pull us in line if we're going out a little bit. I mean, he did that to me probably more often than not. I needed to be pulled back into line. Um, that's for another another story for another day. But how are you going with that, with those in your life? Are you speaking identity and purpose? That's what we're called to do. To call, to speak out over people. They may not feel it because if you sense it and you don't say it, they might need that for that moment. You don't know how many times when I've felt, oh, God, I've, I've forgotten who I am. And then I get a, this text message of encouragement. This is who you are. They didn't know that I needed that. But God working through them, how are you going with that in your life? Don't, don't, um, don't hesitate. If you sense something and you an encouragement of speaking life and identity in someone, do it. Because you don't know what that will do in that person's life. They they probably need it for that moment. Let's be let's be people that are even more like that, that we God, will you show me something that I can encourage someone, that I can speak life and identity over someone today, whether it's um, when you face to face or whether it's over the phone or, or text. Point number five, I love this. In my father's house, I can be me. In my father's house, I can be me. I don't need to put on a mask. I can just simply be me. Does it mean I stay the same? No. But I can simply just come before God as me right now, not as someone that I hope to be one day. I don't come to God and go, God, I come to you as this person I will be five years from now. No, I come to you as who I am right now. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, I love this. If we've got that scripture on there. Yep. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is not wanting perfection. Only He is perfect. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people, people with hearts after Him. 
simply just come before God as who you are. Let Him do all the changing. Let Him do all the transforming your lives, because He will do that. There's a song that I was listening to this morning, and, and in our prayer meeting this morning, we, we listened to it. It's um, a song called um, Heart of God, and it messes me up every single time I hear it. But the first couple of lines, it says, Here I stand before you now as honestly as I know how. I just, I just love that. As Here I stand before you now, God, as honestly as I, I know how. I don't know how to, there's, not no, there's no perfect, um, you know, position that I've got to be in for God or, or that I don't have to look a certain way or I don't have to, you know, be this perfect person. But He, he loves me as I am. Did you know, do you know that he loves you as you are? You don't have to put on that mask. You don't have to put on that mask um, when you come to church either. You don't have to put on that mask when you go to connect. I'm not talking about the COVID masks. I'm talking about your um, lame dad jokes there. Sorry. Um, thanks, Mark. Um, you don't have to put on that mask. You don't have to try and pretend to be someone else. Just be you. If you're trying to be someone else, then we miss out on you. We miss out on who, what, who God has created you to be. Did you know that you or each and every single one of us here or those of you listening online, that, that God has created you uniquely, differently, there is something about it. You know, that even though, you know, you've got Joey who can sing and play the guitar, you've got Ryan who sings and plays the guitar, and, and myself sing and play, but we don't do it the same way, which is good because that would be weird. be weird if we all played and sung and you didn't, didn't, when you listened to us, you didn't know which one of us was playing the guitar and singing because we all looked and sounded the same or played the guitar, not looked the same. That would be, be weird. God has created you uniquely. And we need you to be you. In your home, when people visit you or your family at home, can they just be them? Or do they have to be someone that you're trying to make them into? Let's let people be them. When, when people come in off the streets, the helpless, the homeless, the broken, the hurting, Will we let them come in and just let simply let them be? God will do everything else. God will do all the transforming. God will bring salvation to their lives. We can't force people to be saved. We can't force people to be anything but simply just be them and then let God do the rest. When you're discipling, are you trying to make people like you or are you letting them be them? Allowing God, allowing the uniqueness of who they are to be. Point number six. In my father's house, I am always welcome. In my father's house, I'm always welcome. I am so thankful for that because when I'm, when I'm happy or if I've had a bad day, I can still come to God. Or even if I was cranky at God and then still turned up, he still welcomes me. Or even if I decided to walk away, he would still, and then return, he would still welcome me. The scripture for this, Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, we know this about the, the prodigal son. 
And this is um, the son that went off and squandered his inheritance. He said, Dad, I want my money. I just want to do what I want to do. I'm going to go away. And then he returns because he lost all his money. And is like, I want to return home. It's a story about people come walking away from God and then coming back. He says, so he, the father, uh, so the son got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. I think God does that to us every single time. When I, when my uh, kids come home, when my girls come home, whether they let me hug them or kiss them, I still chase them. And, um, but they know that when they come home, they are welcome. They know, like point number one, they know that they are loved, but they are welcome. And that as they get older, that they are always welcome, no matter what happens in life, that they know that they are always welcome. Do people know that no matter what they've done to you, whether they've hurt you, do they know that they are welcome? Discipling. Discipleship is one of the toughest things you can do because you're pouring out your life and then people choose to totally ignore that and go their own way. Sometimes they do it and it hurts. Actually, it happens more often than, than what you realize. But do they feel welcome? Are they always welcome? Because in my father's house, I'm always welcome. In my father's house, that no matter what anybody has done, they are always welcome. Is it all right this morning? We going all right? Point number eight. In my father's house, oh, point number seven, sorry. In my father's house, all things are possible. All things are possible. Didn't. Sorry, uh, old, old school song. All the um, younger people here, what is he singing? Is he singing some? In my father's house, all things are possible. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. Matthew 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. I love that. For me, it, it says that, that with, you know, that anything can happen. There's this sense of excitement that when I'm in my father's house, what's going to happen? You know, there's probably always that, that relative, probably an uncle or, um, you know, that you'd go over and you, you knew that something exciting was going to happen, whether all your grandparents, they're, they're just going to give you something. They're going to give you like lollies or a gift or, or whatever it was. There's that anything could happen. Do we have that, that excitement when we spend time with God? In this moment, anything could happen. God can do anything in this moment. In your home, is there that excitement of anything could happen? Is there spontaneity around in your home that anything could happen in this moment? That, you know, that when people come over, that all of a sudden they feel that they're blessed or they're encouraged or because you reflect the Father's house or the Father's heart in everything. In my father's house, all things are possible. Point number eight. In my father's house are miracles. In my father's house, there are miracles. John chapter 14, 
verse 11 to 12. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Or another translation talks about the miracles. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works or miracles I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I love that. I love that promise that we can do even greater things. And that's Jesus speaking. That's Jesus speaking. We read, we love the stories of the miracles that Jesus did. Are we living, is that our reality for us? Wherever we go, are there miracles? Are we miracle-working people because we serve a miracle-working God? Our houses are called to be houses of miracles. That when people come over, that miracles occur. That someone might come over and they might be sick and they need healing. And you pray for them because you're not afraid. You pray. You declare healing and then a miracle occurs. Someone comes over and, and they need financial um, breakthrough. You might be that financial breakthrough. You might be that miracle. We don't always have to pray for a miracle. We can actually be that miracle as well. But that we're called to have houses of miracles. That in your, as you disciple, as you uh, spend time with people mentoring or, you know, um, empowering others, that there are miracles, miracles occurring. Are there miracles occurring in your connects? We're, we're, we're called to be a miracle church. We believe in miracles. We believe in a miracle-working God. As I was preparing for this, this was challenging me too, that we would be a church filled with miracles. Not, not for us. I mean, at some point it is for us too because it encourages us. But because we know that we're a miracle church. We believe in miracles. We believe that God... Not only did he do miracles then, he wants to do miracles now. He wants to do miracles in your life more than what we realize. Let's be a church. Let's have connects that hear the testimonies of miracles each and every week. Let's be a church that hears the testimonies of God performing miracles in our workplaces, in our schools, in our, in our families, in our neighbors. Because what we do isn't just for us. Point number nine. I love this. It makes me laugh the way that I word this. In my father's house, there are parties. That's right. There are parties. In my father's house are parties. In Luke 15, 22 to 24, talking about the, uh, the prodigal son again. I love this. But the father said to his servant, servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I love this. This is a, this is a picture of the, the heart of God. He loves to party. He loves to celebrate. Our name is Celebration Church. We like, and we like to party. That's how we should introduce ourselves. We are Celebration Church, and we like to party. Or I'm from Celebration Church, and I like to party. Hi, I'm Nat. I'm from Celebration Church, and I like to party. 
Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Um, at the end there it says, uh, I just want to put the, do the part at the end. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When I think of parties, I, I think of joy. Not a person joy, but the actual feeling of joy. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All through Scripture. We're a party. We're partiers. God loves to celebrate. When people encounter you, are your homes houses of parties? Party house. Is there joy? Is there freedom in your house? That people know when they come over, they feel celebrated. They feel like, why does it always feel like you're, like you're throwing a party that whenever we come over? That's how it should feel. Our church should feel like that. That when people turn up, they think, why do they do this? I feel like, you know, this, like you, you're, you're throwing a party and uh, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. We just love to party and we love to celebrate God and we love to celebrate people. We love to celebrate life. Now, last point for this morning. In my Father's house, there are salvations. In my Father's house, there are salvations. If you guys want to start playing, that'd be good. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For it is by grace you have been saved. Our God, His house, in His house, in my Father's house, there are salvations. And there's probably many other points that we could probably think about in our Father's house this morning. I'm thankful that in my father's house, he doesn't want it just to stay the same. He's always adding more rooms. In other translations, he talks about it as being mansions. And when you think about that translation as well, it means that God wants to give you the best, the biggest and the best. He wants to spoil you. But I love that in my father's house, it continues to grow. And our connects, our church is continued is called to continue to grow. Not to just maintain what we have, but to to grow, to to expand. In Isaiah fifty four it talks about being expanding our, our tents. For me it encourages me that what God has for us, not, for, not just for me as, as a follower of Christ, but for us corporately, that God wants to see others come to know Him. That the only way to the Father is through Jesus. 
The way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When people encounter you, do they see Jesus in you? Why don't we just close our eyes where we are? I just want to give a, give a moment. If you're here and you're not following Jesus, or you might be listening online, so we just want to give a moment for you to say, yes, yes, I want to give my heart to, to Jesus this morning. Or if you're here and you feel like that, that prodigal son, you feel like you've gone off and, and squandered or just done your own thing, and you think, I just want to come back. I just want to be in my father's house. This moment's for you also. What I might get the guys do here is just sing through the, the chorus. And maybe the bridge as well. We'll do that through a couple of times. And then we'll have a moment if you feel you want to give your life to Jesus or recommit your heart this morning that you can. And even in your heart, as you hear these words, you know, we're talking about in the Father's house this morning. But if anything that, of that spoke to you, about you as a person or your homes being like the Father's house or your connects or those who you disciple being like the Father's house. Why don't you just allow your hearts to go, God, help me this morning. That like what you do for me, that I'll do for others. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.